We stand, we pray. Father, we thank you for your love towards us. We thank you for the love of others towards us too. Guide us, we pray, this day. Amen. Do you have a seat? Friends, I need to start by saying thank you. Thank you for trusting us with your time this morning. I recognise that we're never going to repeat this time, this centenary of the end of the First War. I also need to say thank you to Joe Franquera, uh, who's brought together the whole service and organised all of the uh, readings and the readers, and thank you to you as readers too. Do take the order of service home with you. You will notice that um, all of the hymns are hymns that would have been familiar to those that were alive a hundred years ago. Um, and if you want something more contemporary, do come back tonight at five o'clock. So the war is over. Long live the peace. I want you to listen for a moment, for just less than a minute, to a sound recording made at the Western Front as 11 a.m. approached. A hundred years ago today, here it comes. notice the bird song I'm astonished that there are birds and that they had anywhere to live at the front line the image in my mind is of muddy ground and stumps of trees pretty much everywhere but wherever that sound recordist was at least there were birds but that aside I'm left wondering about the guns and the birds what is the bird song in your life which you can only hear if you would stop the pounding of the guns. In other words, are you too busy doing life, too busy commenting on life, too busy reacting to situations around you, too busy writing shopping lists during the sermon, too busy, just plain too busy to notice the birdsong? the sweet sounds of innocence and joy, which are so easily drowned out when we live life on a war footing. I wonder, and I preach here as much to myself as to the rest of you, when did you last take time to stand and stare? In preparing this, I was reminded that I took a short video of the sea at Rye Harbour recently. Now, Rye Harbour, for me, is a place of special memories. My grandparents lived there. Uh, my granddad uh, went to war, and I've, I've talked about him in previous years. I won't go on about him again. But 
I wondered about this video as a background for some song words here at some point, and I came to look for the videos again and realized that actually I took it in April 2017, 18 months ago. And have I got around to sending it on to the church? No. Well, not until I got to prepare for this. And I'm sure you're all intrigued, so let me show you just one of those, please. One of those. Um... For me, it's the sound of the sea on the shingle that takes me back to childhood. But when did you last take time to stand and stare and then take your ponderings to God in prayer? Remember, it's the psalmist that says, uh, Psalm 69 verse 34, let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move in them. So perhaps we need to tune into creation, pouring forth praise to its creator. Although having said that, the most common use of the word praise in the Psalms is to say that I will praise you, God, amongst the peoples in the assembly, or in the assembly. Perhaps it's more that us listening to the bird's song stirs us to praise God for his provision, for his creation. Now, I recognise that in these days we look back to the sacrifices of the many who fought and died in wars, and we give thanks for them, and rightly so. But let's remember, too, that on this day a hundred years ago, there was huge relief that the war was over. I'm told that the 88% of those who put on a uniform and went to war came back again. Yes, some were injured in body, some were injured in mind, some were injured emotionally, but 88% came home, and, and they came home to be reunited with friends and family, with wives, with children, return from being citizen soldiers to being citizens. No wonder that there was a huge party in London, and many other cities that day and in the days after that, as the relief from the oppression of war sunk in. And the realisation that what had only been warm words and hopes might become a reality. That families might be reunited. That sweethearts might actually have a future. And as the men did return, then the overriding thinking was the best way to honour the sacrifices of those who died in the war was to make the most of the peace. And so historically we see the roaring 20s with jazz, with flapper girls, with growth uh, in car use. Um, Luke, I'm sorry, I haven't got a, a, a remote control. Could you just put the picture up for me? Go on, go on. There, that one. We get growth, uh, flapper girls, building roads, extending voting rights to women over 30 in the UK in 1918, and then over 21 in the UK in 1928. There was telephones connecting the world, there was radios, electrical utensils, mass production brought cheap goods to the many in the 1920s. In cinema terms, the decade went from silent black and white movies to colour with sound by the end of the 20s. Although, of course, the Wall Street crash of 1929 brought the Roaring Twenties, or for French, the French, the crazy years, to an end. And the economic depression of the 1930s set conditions for the rise of Hitler, and thus the return to war only 21 years after the close of the First War. 
Now, making the most of the peace is behind the thinking of the Bible reading that we had, and it was a Bible reading we had about an hour ago. Um, So you might want to go back in your service sheets to page six, uh, or indeed, um, back a couple of slides, please, Luke. Um, The the author, Paul, the author of the letter to the Romans, starts um, this chapter, chapter 12 of Romans, with a summary statement. Um, In fact... Luke, I've misled you. Go to the other end. Somewhere is is verses 1 and 2. The summary statement at the start of chapter 12 is this. Therefore, I urge you, says Paul, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Paul has spent the previous 11 chapters telling people about how amazing God is. And he's beginning to say, in view of God's mercy, because of the peace that is possible with God. And most of Paul's original readers had already discovered this peace with God. Peace that comes from forgiveness of our sins because Jesus died on a cross so that the consequences of our sins are taken from us. So in view of God's mercy towards us, his forgiveness of our sins, says Paul, live your lives as living sacrifices, totally given over to pleasing God, totally in pursuit of holiness, therefore being in no way like the patterns of, the patterns of behavior and action of this world. In other words, because of the peace we have with God, Paul says this is how to make the most of the peace how to be in the words we heard earlier worthy son and the verses that we had read then are an outworking of that principle there are some practical things to do to make the most of the peace so just see them again there's that calling to us to be sincere love must be sincere says the reading hate what is evil cling to what is good be devoted to one another in love these are huge statements that we have about how we live our lives and how we're called to live our lives and all of that is is a response to God's love for us It's because of that sacrifice of Jesus that means that we can have peace with God. So these are not statements, as it were, uh, that should give us guilt, but they are out of our response to recognising that actually God fought the war. God brought peace, peace in a spiritual sense, and offers that to us today. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. You know me, I could wax on for ages about these. Um, But that's how we're called to live our lives. So how are you going to live the peace? The war is over, long live the peace. Whether you want to honour the sacrifices of those who fought and who lost their lives for our physical freedom, or whether you live in response to the spiritual freedom that God offers us because of that death of Jesus on a cross, whatever your motivation, the question still is, how would you live to make the most of your peace? 
How will you stay connected to that hope that is in you, to the hopes that are in you? Will you, with me, take time to stand and stare, to notice your heartbeat, to live, to live in the presence but in light of the past? In light of the past, both the sacrifices of those who have gone before us but also the ultimate sacrifice that we find in Jesus' love and self-sacrifice so that we can find peace with our maker and redeemer. Amen.